Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Albrecht, and I got two special guests with me today. Very pumped about this uh, real authentic interview. We're actually up here in beautiful Ottawa Valley Pentecostal Camp when this is being recorded. And uh, in the middle of Calibrate 19, having a great time here. And I got two of my ministry guests uh, for this event with me. And uh, I just thought it'd be awesome to have a conversation and allow you guys to listen in on our conversation as we talk about a few things. So first of all, I got Rick Zeidersman. He's leading worship up here. Rick, tell us where you're at, kind of where you're ministering right now, how long you've been there. Yeah, uh, it's a great uh, church I'm ministering at, GT Burlington, uh, with Kevin Shepard and the great team there. Been there for five years, going on my sixth year in youth ministry, and uh, doing wow. the youth and young adults there. So just loving, wow. loving life. How long, Rick, have you been in youth ministry total? Ah, uh, this will be starting my tenth year. Wow. I think this will be starting the tenth. So it's uh, been four years at a church before this, and uh, this will be starting my sixth. So so you're like a vet now. Decade so in. A decade it's in. Impressive. Decade That's in. Impressive. That's awesome. Yeah. How many people last that long? Come on. It's good. And we also have the Bishop James Clarence, Whoa. all the way from wow. First Assembly in Calgary, is our speaker uh, at Calibrate. James, long. how long have you been at First Assembly? What's your role there? Well, honored to be here. Uh, been at First for six, six years and a bit. And uh, I've been through a few different positions, part-time junior high to youth, and now youth and young adults and help out with my pastor, Ben Johnson, and the team with this thing called Tehillah. Um, so just do a few different things there. Yeah. Just I, I have cool. lots of fun. Cool. And you guys are both married, families. Rick, That's you right. married how long? Uh, I've been married going on, uh, this is nine years. Got married oh, 20, wow. 2010, so nine years married. Oh, uh, got a kid, his name's Lucas. And he's uh, a beauty. He's a beauty. He's almost two years old, two years old in November, so... Yeah, it's just loving life. There. Awesome. Go on. And James, you're married as well. Yeah, family. Almost, yeah, almost six. Married to this incredible lady called Karina, and we have one daughter named Kendrick, Sweet Kenny for short, and she's she's dope. Awesome, awesome, so good. Well, guys, I'm gonna jump right in here and just start firing off questions and allow you guys to both respond in uh, your own way. And uh, realizing, understanding that Leadership Matters podcast listeners are coming from all sorts of leadership positions. It's not just youth ministry. I know our conversation will probably head more towards youth ministry, but maybe not. Um, But just with that in mind, uh, often I I like to talk really principles, leadership principles that are transferable. So we got children's pastors listening, youth pastors, but also associates, worship pastors, and even uh, we got the odd bus- business yeah. owner as well, owner? and lead pastors. Okay. Yes, okay. we do okay. have lead Good. pastors too. Okay, but also some business owners too, and so even out in the business world. So, uh, yeah. anyways, going to jump right in. First of all, this a lot of our questions will be more ministry oriented, um, but I just like to just for fun's sake, uh, what do you guys enjoy most about ministry? And maybe we'll start with you, James. Like. What's your favorite thing about, you've been in it six years now as a youth pastor, young adult, so what's your favorite thing about it? Hands down, going for coffee with people. Yeah. Okay. Food, hanging out, mm, coffee. eating, yeah, drinking, <laughs> love coffee. Pastor Jared made us this amazing coffee, mm, drinking right now, a little iced mm. Americano. There it uh, is. I love being with people. I love sitting in a small group or one-on-one, hanging out, actually having some honest conversation. 
that for me is where I've seen most, if not most, the most precious moments of ministry. Yeah. Obviously the altar, obviously in services, but when then you can talk about it outside, sure. that for me is what I enjoy the most hands down is just being with people yeah. at a That's cafe good. table. It's good. Yeah. Rick, what about you? Yeah. Um, definitely, uh, definitely people is the first thing that came to my mind too. Uh, but more, more so just seeing the light go off in students, uh, eyes specifically. So being in youth ministry there has just been, um, when they, when they get something or when they see something or when they step out in faith or coming back from missions trip or whatever it would be, it's just something, something clicks inside of their life. And so something comes alive. Um, so seeing that, uh, has been just amazing and, and talking with them and working that through, but, but probably that revelation piece, um, just really sticks out to me. I yeah. love, I love yeah. that part. Love See, that. I got one more. When Rick leads worship, man. Hey. Hey. Wow. This guy wow. can sing. Come yes, on. he can. Hey. And speak. We've been here speaking too, uh, actually up here at OV. Yeah. Yeah. Double threat a couple years ago. So, wow. Yeah, it's good. No, that's great. I, I think, um, just wondering for you guys, I know the way I'm wired and, and I like to see the results of what I do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to see and I know it's harder even at a district level in my position now, and I have my own ways of doing that, but I'd be interested to hear from you guys. Um, how are some of the ways that you guys personally have maybe put into your calendar, into your own world? Like, Because ministry's tough, and sometimes, like you just alluded to, Rick, uh, sometimes you don't see the results of, yeah. or that revelation piece yeah. go off in a student's life. Yeah. for It could be four or five years, maybe even yeah. long after they're out of your ministry. Forty years. Right? Yeah. They come back. And, and so... How do you, how do you get through that? How do you keep going when you don't always see the results of what you do? Are there certain things that you look for that kind of keep you like, okay, I can keep doing this, you know, when times get tough or a little more discouraging? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep moving and pressing through that when, when ministry, you don't always get to see the results of what you do mm-hmm. in the short term? Yeah. Rick? Yeah, it's good. It's hard to get some metrics about that. So how do you put around metrics yeah. around the South shit? How do you put metrics around what the people don't understand, what they don't understand? So uh, it's not like the questionnaires that you can fill out or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, um, one, I would say personal relationship with Jesus kept me into the obedience piece sure. where it's like I know I'm called called to do it. Or And so when you know you're supposed to do it, that's kind of... Uh, what keeps you going in the middle of it yeah and then looking back whether it be like we do a grade 12 or hey like what have you learned over the last couple of years and the things that kind of come up are surprising yeah uh, one kid said hey just when when me and you were at uh brushing our teeth together yeah. and you said this you're and brushing your teeth wow, wow. Yeah. it was it was a students it was a it's a moment. It's okay. A moment. You know, it's That's personal good. moments. So Colgate with moment. people. Colgate moment. <laughs> Uh, healthy hygiene. So, it is. Uh, Good breath. Seeing seeing what they respond with has has really kept me kept me going. Um, what they say in those kinds of things, um, retreats, those kinds of those so special moments along yeah. the way, have been have been vital to to keep me going. Because sometimes you don't really know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a student just call me a couple weeks ago. I didn't really think I made a difference in his life, and yeah. I, he was one of those troubled kids, and um, kids. yeah, extra grace required, <laughs> and I moved on, and he called me, and he's like, hey, just wanted you to pray for me, because I got a job uh, uh, opportunity, Wow. and I was like, dude, I didn't know you even 
prayed. So yeah. um, I didn't know you liked me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's of course awesome. I will. So oh, that's cool. So some of the things I think you just don't realize. That's why I think the personal connection to Jesus that yeah. my obedience is more so. It's it's not about the results, it's about obedience. So exactly. if my obedience is actually set in the right place, the results I leave determined up to God. Right. So whether it is that I seem like I fail or, or I seem like I succeed, the the end result doesn't really as matter as much as as it does the obedience that I take yeah. in the middle of it. So, so as good. long as my personal relationship, my obedience to the calling and to whatever God has put in front mm-hmm. of me is there, and that continues, can go up and down, whether that's different seasons of your life. Yeah. But if you remain connected to Jesus, I think you minister from that place, and you leave those mm-hmm. results up to God. And the moments that surprise you later on, that'll come out of the obedience you have to Jesus. So to word. me, that's kind of what I... Yeah. Somebody Kevin needs to hear that out there right now. Well, so what, yeah, whatever <laughs> you're good. in, whatever you're in, you're, you're looking at... One line, one line, one line, one line. You're looking at the results, um, and you got to actually look to Jesus. Wow. Um, you're looking at metrics, and you're determining numbers, and you're determining whatever it is that you're trying to value your, mm. yourself on. But if you put it to Jesus, you'll be surprised at the end of the day yeah. what stands out in the life yeah. of the student yeah. or whoever you're ministering to, the kids yeah. or whatever. Because they'll remember you as their Sunday school teacher, your your yeah. leader, your volunteering, your boss whatever you're doing, your boss at work. They'll remember those moments, and you don't even think it. They're significant yeah. at that time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, obedience obedience wins. So yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, what about you? I mean, I don't got much to add on top of that other than to uh, say again, it's just it's all about is God pleased? Like again, it's we've seen that meme or quote or whatever on Instagram it's well done good and faithful servant not great preacher not right. apostle this not bishop that not yeah. big youth ministry not great book not podcast sure. not whatever it's just trying to maintain your focus on God am I pleasing yeah. you mm-hmm. and not in a way that I need God's approval I'm already approved but God am I still maintaining again as Rick said my obedience to you and that my yes becomes the most important part so metrics and yeah again youth ministry is a thankless job as we all know and we're under resourced underpaid underhelped underappreciated we're expected to like plan an event preach counsel uh, cook clean lead worship go down the list of random things and it's a lot of work but Mm -hmm. It's worth it because again 20 years down the road when yeah. some kid says man and you just gotta play the long game looking at yeah. 20 years hopefully somebody you know when I get to heaven hopefully somebody and mm. not that you're doing it for the praise of people but you're doing it for uh, just yeah obedience to God so that's how I stay in the game mm-hmm. yeah. so to speak oh, that's good yeah that's great I think I think one thing I try to add on too is is that if you need to something to if you don't know what you're aiming at, you're never going to hit it. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to determine metrics in your own ministries or whatever, you have to be clear on the vision that you want to create. Yeah. So if you're looking to create disciples or looking to create leaders or looking to create whatever, you have to have something in your ministry or something that, that yeah. gives you that feedback. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, sometimes I would think, oh, okay, I met with this person, this person, this person. I loved it, but what am I accomplishing right. for the kingdom? Yeah. Right. And it's only yeah. when I actually uh, evaluate what I want to see, mm-hmm. that's when I that's when I know if I'm hitting the mark exactly. or missing the mark. So some people, you know, or or I've I've done this where I'm just like I'm just gonna run this thing, and I got so much stuff on the go. 
um, ministry here and ministry yeah. there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, I look back in my year, I don't even know what I did. Right. And we got Been leaders there. running around yeah. doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But they don't know what they're doing right, really yeah. at the end of the day because yeah. they're not really evaluating, they're not yeah. really focused on what they want to accomplish. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. you do need to have some kind of evaluation metrics on what you want to hit and what right. your vision is. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have vision, that's where Bibles that people perish. Yeah. So right. as a leader, you set that and then you evaluate it against the, your vision. Mm-hmm. And um, people will come around that and say, okay, yeah, we're hitting it or we're missing it. And I think that kind of creates some momentum in your life, yeah. Um, because if you don't have momentum, it can feel a lot like aimlessly wandering around and not knowing what to, where to go. Yeah. yeah, that gets discouraging. Right? And that gets real discouraging yeah. real quickly. Yeah, so, yeah. so good. Um, on kind of, you know, on the same, uh, on the same note a little bit, but you guys that you know have been in in leadership and, and ministry different amounts of time. Um, both of you personally in totally completely different contexts. I'm sure there's some similarities, but um, different contexts and different geographical locations as well from the West to Western Ontario. Mm -hmm. And here we find ourselves in beautiful Eastern Ontario. Um, Shout out to EOD. But um, Mm -hmm. what would you say, what's been the most important leadership lesson in your context, in your life personally uh, thus far? And for each of you, that's going to be, that's a different amount of time. But thus far, and why has that meant so much to your leadership, do you think? So, question is, just to recap, what's the most important leadership lesson you've learned so far in, in ministry as a leader? Right. And why has that meant so much to you, do you think? For me, it's that, it's not about me. Um, a lot of times, again get out of Bible college and got a, got a lot of drive, a lot of ambition, and, you know, in some senses you're doing it for, of course we're doing it for God, of course yeah. we're doing it to, you know, honor God and whatever, that's why we got into it, but it can get convoluted and mixed up with your own personal ego stroking. Sure. So, um, biggest principle that has mattered is, is that, hey James, it's not about you, that your entire goal is to work yourself out of a job and that is what has kept me going because I don't want to be the youth pastor that if I, whatever, something happens or I get in a car accident or I resign or get a better offer or something like that, that as soon as I leave, the youth ministry fails because yeah. that just shows what kind of leader I was, that it was yeah. about me but yeah. my goal, as long as the Lord would keep me where I'm at uh, is that it would get better I mean, right. I'm, I'm away from ministry this weekend out here in Ontario and um, my hope is that it's running even better without me yeah, right. so yeah that's good that's humbling to get to that point right as a young leader we can often want it nobody's ever going to come out and say it but deep down inside we want it to be about us a little bit right yeah, we want to be needed we want to be you know our students to think we're the hero of their lives yeah. but that's not what it's about at all yeah. Right? And yeah we're all searching for meaning yeah and significance and affirmation. Yeah, so. Sure. Totally. What about you, Rick? I think mine goes along with that. I think um, that uh, a healthy leader is really the biggest thing I've tried to, to become and try to mm-hmm. learn. And so a healthy leader determines their healthy ministry or, or whatever area of influence that you're in. So I think the health of, of what's going on internally in your own soul and your own mind mm-hmm. um, has an effect on the people around you. So I think taking care of that that portion, because if you're not, then it comes out in your leadership. Yeah. So if you're not healthy on yeah. the inside and in your mind, <laughs> then 
you, you do, then you would think it's like you're about your ego. If you're an insecure leader, then it is all about you. Yeah. If you're, if you're, I don't know, worried about, threatened by other leaders rising up, then you won't empower. If yeah. you're, yeah. you know, you won't give other people spotlight. If you're, whatever it is for, for whoever, whomever kind of going through it, mm-hmm. I think you do need to value it because the stuff that we actually bury um, gets revealed in the, the, in the leadership that you're in. Yeah. So, so for me, I think it's uncovering those things and learning how to be vulnerable. I had to learn how to be vulnerable, learn how to get to that place to honesty. Yeah. Um, and it's only there that healthy ministry comes out. It's only right. there I become healthier. And when I become healthier, my leaders and the ministry becomes healthier. Mm-hmm. And if you don't address your own self in the presence of Jesus, I think it... Uh, it manifests itself, and, and it pe- you can you create collateral damage because right. you're you're not healthy and you're yeah. not connected to Jesus. So, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is just overcoming uh, my own self. So, whether it be the insecurities that you have, maybe it's you don't walk in the authority that you should, or right. be the leader you need to become because of yourself. Sure. So, whatever it is, whatever kind of people are going through, if you don't deal with that, it's going to come out. Yeah. And the more that you ignore it. It's not just going to go away. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like the biggest lesson that I would just kind of go yeah. there and be real and be open. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so good. Um, what would you say the, uh, you know, on that on that note as well, talking about healthy leadership and becoming healthy, what are some steps you've taken personally, Rick, if you don't mind sharing that, mm. how you, what are some things in your life, how you stay healthy and make sure that you're healthy? Yeah. One, it's still like a process for, for me, but one is just to have some, some honest conversation with the people that you trust right. and and that's been a journey to learn who you can trust and and um when you need to be kind of more guarded i should say or whatever sure. just to kind of sure. be who you can open up that. to with yeah. and who not to and exactly and that's kind of like you have to learn that um so for me it's definitely just been having some of those conversations and being open and honesty uh, with some people that has been really healthy mm-hmm. um and if you you know you need to have counseling um you know a season in my life where I actually went had some professional counseling that kind yeah. of thing yeah. and that even that's trying to even saying that's kind of difficult to say everybody because, knows now it's on the internet yeah because you're right there you become so, you become so worried about that <laughs> totally sure. man totally. If you're, but, and it wasn't like these huge dark deep things it was just more stuff that I needed to be open with and it yeah. And it unfolded a new level, yeah. I think, of honesty because people connect with an honest, right. an honest person. Yeah, so, absolutely. I think if um, if you need that, you gotta you gotta yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, even right. if it's not, you're like it's not even bad. It's not even whatever. I think you, you do that. Yeah, so I think absolutely. you go through that. You have some good friends. You seek out maybe it's a, a lead pastor or somebody, a good mentor or somebody yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I had some of those people that have gone ahead yeah. of me, asked questions, and that's been really really beneficial for the health yeah. of the no so true i mean we lead from our strengths but we connect to yeah. our weaknesses yeah. right yeah like we do that's when people have opened up the most to me is when i've been vulnerable and told hey here's what i'm struggling with you yeah. know um and then boom you find like five six people come out of the woodwork like hey me too me that, that's kind of my story you know and me too. yeah not the whole hashtag me too movement you know but, we'll get into you know, that but, you know but uh James, what about you in terms of, you know, how do you stay healthy, life, ministry, even your marriage, yeah. you know, 
how do you make sure that yeah. because, like Rick said earlier, healthy leaders produce healthy ministry, right? Mm. Well, we take care of ourselves, but how do you ensure you're doing that? What are some things you have incorporated in your life? Um, well, like Rick, I'll just really quickly, just practicing making sure that I always have multiple people in my life that know every single thing about right. me. All the, the deep, dark, dirty secrets, whatever. Yeah. Everything. Um, that, but for me, it's having fun. And how do I stay healthy if I'm not laughing? If I'm, and not that every season is going to be full of laughter and right. joy, but I know if I'm not having fun and smiling, if I feel more angry and angst, right. then I got a problem. Like, yeah. I'm not either, I'm not one of the two things, spending enough time with the Lord and what I've now, as I'm ashamed to say this, but what I've, for the first time in my life, actually practiced a 24-hour Sabbath. I, I take mm. lots of time off. I have my days mm. off, but actually practicing a Sabbath where oh. shut off the email, yeah. stop answering texts, and I don't mind doing that because I love it, but actually taking a full day of rest from work, from cleaning, from the lawn, from whatever actually practicing at 24 7 and having fun yeah. um that for me is like i just know i need a i need a party man i need to have fun yeah. with my friends and and at any time i'm ready i'm ready to do that and if i'm not i know i just get into a pretty unhealthy place um because again not that life's not all about not all about having fun like right don't get me wrong right dude jesus is a happy person man yeah. The third of the kingdom is well, righteousness, peace, and joy. So, yeah. if there's not joy, that for me is a warning sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's good. And you know, speaking of joy and that, they're obviously knowing and recognizing there are difficult seasons of ministry. Um, and there's just, I mean, in ministry, you just you go through a lot, and sometimes it just it's just hard. It's just mm-hmm. tough on all levels. You know, attacks on your family, your marriage, whatever. Um, what would you guys say, you know, I'd love to hear your perspectives on maybe a couple things, maybe one thing, but what's, what have you found in your years of experience in ministry and leadership? What's been the toughest thing for you? Um, if you're willing to go there, yeah. like what's been the hardest challenge of being in full-time ministry? Uh, well, how much time do we got? Yeah, we go. <laughs> I'm sure we got a lot of things to talk about. Um, me, um, probably one of the biggest weights of my life is like our church has been through a ton of transition and that basically equated to a lot of my friends leaving right. my environment the church um, my friends moved to Calgary to be a part of it and now do not want to be a part of it um, part of our community and that for me has been probably one of the things that weighed most on my mind because um, I, I felt I felt the responsibility yeah. to not like represent my community and, sure. and just life happens stuff happens and nobody's being malicious or intentionally bad but stuff happens man and then when the community doesn't support certain people or certain situations or doesn't know how to handle certain situations and then people get let down that weighs on me so I think that has been one of the hardest things the people you start with are never going to be the people you finish with Mm -hmm. I'm having to understand Mm -hmm. that people transition move on Um, God takes them other places for good reasons and Unfortunately, people leave for bad reasons. That, yeah. that's been something that's been pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, Rick. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say that's 
one of the dif- most difficult things for sure when you open when you do open up your heart and when you are vulnerable with a person or with somebody and and you're rolling you think you got the same kind of track and you're going on the same track and maybe you hear from somebody else or there's something else that comes your back, back yeah. around <laughs> yeah. and there's that when that when the level of trust gets broken I think that's one of the hardest things Absolutely. for me it's because because when you pour out your life or when you pour out to maybe as a student or a parent or whoever it is your ministry leaders or yep. doesn't matter who it is but when you open up and have a level of trust and yet it's taken away I think that yeah. that's been probably the most difficult piece uh, yeah. for me whenever yeah. I if I face that um, to be opening up again yeah. and just to just yeah, to yeah. keep keep laying that out there um, that's probably been the per- most, sure. most difficult thing to press through Chair what about you man I'm curious the toughest thing in ministry leadership I yeah I'd agree with what both of you said and I'd probably add to that just you know I, I found an experience in our lives like the higher you go in leadership um, I find the attacks get that much wow. wider and, and stronger and it's like the enemy the, the, the target on the back of you know your marriage your kids right. like it just it's like he hones in yeah Joyce Meyer said the higher higher level the higher the devil but um, yeah it's true it's it's true to a point you know we've never faced so much opposition as in the past four years and come into district office you know and and not that that's the pinnacle or you know kind Um, of sure you know and it's not that it's something that what not that it's something I even wanted or went after, but somebody said it to God. me. I remember those words when I when I took this, and I never thought a whole lot of it until I was actually at national meetings, and I was rooming with one of the other youth directors from across Canada, and I just got back to the room and had had a real conversation with my wife on the phone, and uh, he's like, dude, you okay? And I was like, yeah, man, it's just been tough, you know, on our marriage and on, a, you know, our kids and right. everything, you know, working here and, and the district life. And he just looked at me and said, dude, it's been the toughest past three years of my life since coming to district, man, wow. and our marriage. And I was like, thank you for saying that. You know, again, right. again, we connect on our weaknesses, right? Yeah. And in that moment, I was rooming with this guy. I didn't really know him a whole lot, but we connected from that moment point forward and now right. our great friends you know because he just opened up and was real with me yeah and I think that there's something to be said about being real with each other in ministry and vulnerable and you know and not that we share again like you said Rick like we got to be careful who we share what with um, but yeah I'd, I'd say in ministry and, and the trust piece too like I've worked for a lot of different leaders and sometimes it's not even the people or the students or sometimes it's the people that hired you that break trust or you're working for, you know, that let you down in certain ways or have a moral failure or whatever. And like, that's hard, you know, like this Mm -hmm. person brought me in and you got to know in those moments, I'm here. I didn't come here for a person. Right. God called me here. Sure. Right. And you got to know that, you know, and I tell young leaders all the time, make sure you've got something outside of the who to hang your hat on at the end of the day, because when it all goes wonky a week in, two weeks in, or you know, 30 years in, yeah. make sure you know that you know that you know God called you there. Yeah, so right. you're not yeah. just going to run every time something exactly. difficult happens. Um, so good. Yeah, that's been my experience anyways. But um, I'd love to, to switch gears a little bit here and, and just talk about the church in <laughs> Canada. 
And again, we're all leading in different contexts here, but I'd love to just have a real conversation and got some young leaders and young minds and um, just where you guys, kind of the pulse you're seeing in your own context. Um, but I know you guys both travel a little bit too and, and uh, have different perspectives from all across Canada. And I do believe that both of you really do have a heart for the nation of Canada yeah, as well. 100%. And yeah. so I'm so excited about that. And so that's why I'd love to go here in this little conversation as to where you guys feel the Canadian church is headed. Maybe mm -hmm. some trends, maybe some things we're about to face or, you know, generational or outside of that. But... Yeah, we can kind of take this anywhere at this point. Right. I don't have anything kind of underlying that I want to attack. I just love to hear your perspectives where you yeah. think. Uh, I know you're going to give us a bit of a Western perspective, but Rick, you grew yeah. up out there a little bit too, and you've got a bit of the West in mind too, but you yeah. traveled elsewhere, and you both come from healthy contexts right now. Yeah. Um, not necessarily been healthy for the whole time, you know, that they've existed, but right now both of your church contexts yeah, are in healthy yeah, places. Yeah, really good. Um, so where would you, what do you see some things you're seeing in your current context and where do you think we're, we're headed as a church in Canada? Yeah. Um, I think I've just been looking a lot at the, um, the Gen Z and I know like kind of like, like people love to study those kinds sure. of things, the generational, uh, characteristics or whatever. Um, for me, just the, just getting back, I think there, there's kind of like a getting back there to a knowing of the word of God, like knowing the Bible yeah. and knowing, uh, knowing Jesus, because we live in a culture that is so right now, they don't know, like they, they literally don't know. It's not yeah. that they don't have a belief in something else. They have a belief in nothing. So the biggest statistic is like, I don't have a belief in anything. None. So it's not like, yeah, I, it's the, it's the generation of none. So I don't yeah. literally have a belief in anything. Yeah. So I think, um, for me, how that translates to church in Canada and, and church right now that that's coming up is that they they need to know those stories they can mm -hmm. know that they can relate back yeah. to it um, that, that those are transferable principles those are principles from the word of God that actually is alive in our life today and we can get we can we can skip those things in order to go to a program um, in order mm -hmm. to make it look the best it can be mm -hmm. but I think there's our students connect back to the authenticity. They really, yeah. they really need that. Um, so, so raising up a church, I think what they're seeking is something that is real. They they need the experience, so we need to put yeah. it into the experience. Yeah. Um, I'll come from the Pentecostal perspective that we can't lose it, lose mm -hmm. the Pentecostal experience of it. Mm -hmm. um, so some leaders don't know how to dive into that, and some people don't really know what to do because it's safer just to move on with your program yeah and so we got good totally. program driven leaders but we need actually yep. pentecostal leaders yeah. and that's just the okay. pentecostal perspective from experience because mm. students really want to experience it mm. and and then you're there to explain it in the middle of all of that too yeah. so if we offer them a new church in canada um something that they can experience while at the same time coaching and guiding them through that mm. with right. the word of god i think that's where you know I want to, to see that happen right, right. and um, with with everything being so globally connected um, I think we go back and forth on and grabbing other people's visions instead of getting a heart for what uh, God wants to do yeah. in the context that you're in yeah so um, yeah that's where that's, that's kind of what works over here yeah. so we'll do that so we're gonna really pull that, over that and we'll do it here I think that's totally I think 
some leaders, they look for that and they strive for that because they yeah. do want to be successful. And it's good motives. They want to be successful. They want to sure. reach a lot of people. And so what they're grasping, um, and we need to actually be based in experiencing God, relying back on the Word of God. So if we can swing that back to back to that experience, Pentecostal yeah. kind of um, rootedness, yeah. I think is, is what will build on the church. But... Um, if we kind of keep searching for everything else, and mm-hmm. I think we try to try to grasp because we feel that, yeah. and we feel that yeah. kind of desperation. Oh, the church is declining, church, whatever. So I think, yeah, we just start grasping. Yeah. And on that, <clears throat> just with some of the realizations of where church in general in Canada is going, and again, just less people going on a Sunday morning, yeah. which is again not always whatever. Anyways, um, <clears throat> what we've seen out west and starting to see across a bunch of different provinces is youth pastors specifically realizing that hey I'm kind of just done babysitting Christians yeah. like I'm here to make disciples and I'm here to reach people well, and one thing we realized at least in the Calgary context that none of our youth groups were going through conversion growth mm-hmm. that they were just growing through transfer growth like right. oh who put it on the best event who's doing yeah. the best whatever yeah. um, I'm going to go to that youth group because sure. it's lit yeah. and they have whatever um but what has been happening just by God's grace and the spirit is people are realizing that, man, we need to change the model, yeah. flip it on its head and start instead of me just doing all the youth ministry or all the ministry, the one white dude with skinny jeans to actually empower and equip every single person. Um, what we've yeah. been discussing, every youth pastor is like, man, how can I, how can I reach that school down the road? Yeah. And we just began to realize like, uh, you got a bunch of students in that school yeah. that if you just disciple them and train them up to be a leader properly, you don't have to go to that school yeah. and do the school assembly. Yeah. You just multiply yourself and get people in there that have the same That's heartbeat. Yeah. So what's been cool that's been happening, we started this thing called the 403 Network, and there's 15 to 20 different denominations. There's 40 to 50 different churches that are saying, let's now do that together where we flip yeah, the model start saying the message that hey it's one church when God looks yeah. at Calgary she's one church you're not alone gathering students from other youth ministries putting them into groups in their schools and saying go read your school so the last yeah. last year we launched 30 alphas the year before is 37 alphas wow. in high schools and That's junior awesome. highs run by students because we've said we flipped the model instead of just come 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 it's no 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 go 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 like yeah. let me train yeah. raise yeah. equip release um and seeing so many thousands of students be invited into a conversation through alpha and now we're seeing which is cool not that we started it or like cast the vision to everybody else but god's doing it in vancouver 604 network edmonton 780 network yeah. winnipeg 204 network um i know in NYC Niagara Youth Collective yep. um, I know there's other networks around the country and stuff like that but kind of yeah. all coming under one banner saying if we don't do something yeah. youth ministries are lost so we yeah. gotta do something okay. and we gotta really just get back to the basis of what Jesus taught us to do so, yeah. so it's been cool yeah. to see it definitely, definitely I think those denominational lines are, are totally breaking breaking yeah. down that they don't even realize that they don't even understand oh, what the domination lines are. Have, they have, have no, no idea clue, what that no is. Clue, yeah. So they just yeah they just go. They don't care. 
But I think going back to that, if you if you actually present them with something like Jesus, because they get bombarded with so many different messaging, so if you present them with something real, that's yeah. what they're they're going to be connected yeah. to. Yeah. So I think we just like if we create the best looking thing. But if you if you give them something authentic, like you're saying, round them together, get them authentic. They really will dive in and latch to it because they they get so much information in front of them. But if you present them with with yeah. Jesus, keep, keep it simple. Yeah, simple keep gospel. it. Keep it simple. We've seen that um, in our in only youth ministry. Pe- people just started up like we did the alphas. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of bunch of students started that in their high schools. Yeah. Got some people from different denominations um, together. Come on. Another kid last year just started up. Um, Get the nine Hayden for hope. Yeah. Cool. Hayden for hope, and it, that was like uh, his school is called Hayden, and so he's okay. like, hey, we're just gonna have yeah. different conversations, and boom, and. Why don't you text in your questions? And I, that's wow. so cool. I just sat in the back and just watched these students so lead. Cool. And awesome. uh, it was so cool to Bro, that's a stop. Go to see. So, yeah. so definitely seeing those people rise up. Getting the kids in the yeah. game, man. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. And that's, I mean, that is transferable, right? That's, that's not just specific to youth ministry. I think there's, uh, I think the day is coming where churches really need to start. And some have gotten picked up on it, but there's just been this consumer mindset in church for so many years right mm-hmm. and it and it's not the people that attend our churches mm-hmm. it's not their fault no it's the leaders us as leaders have to own that that we've right. created that right yeah. from yeah. you know one or two three personalities at most from the stage doing everything you know taking the feeding them everything else not that there's not a place for that but everyone in the pew has a gift yeah yeah, yeah. And do we really believe that or not because the way our current churches in in Canada anyways are set up it would suggest that no we don't believe that we believe that five or six on the platform come watch me do this exactly so I think we're headed and and this comes to even where our government and and culture you know there's going to be more and more especially towards non-profits I believe the church is going to face some hardship in Canada it's coming it's already happening but we're going to lose our non-profit our charitable status we're going to lose our housing allowance as clergy like that's coming like it's no 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 secret right I, I think we'd all agree that those days are coming so I really get a sense and this is happening in other parts of the world but I think Canada could I think you're going to see a house church movement begin to rise up yeah church home baby and and I I think the um, I, I I'd love to see us actually be proactive with it instead of reactive. Yeah. And it's happening in other places. You know, you read you know letters to the church by Francis Chan. You know, stuff like that. Like Which might it, mess your theology it, up. It, it's happening. You know, but the whole premise of that is if you just had the Bible stranded on an island and were told to build the church, would it look anything like our churches today? Well, well Rick, tell if us you what just had scripture, is. right? Like that's it. Yeah. Tell us what your pastor says, Rick. Which one? ABCs, DFs. Yeah, no, we talked about this, and Pastor Kev is our assistant superintendent for the Western Ontario District, as well as being our lead pastor. And basically, all my leadership lessons I just learned from that guy. I just have no fun notes. Guru, leadership guru, literally man on the planet. Sit in my staff meeting and have a document like (laughs) over. 19 pages long wow. I showed him over 19 wow. pages long just of just no, different leadership lessons oozes out just of oozes out of him so he came up with this thing and uh, he said hey we've been, we've been we evaluate in our churches the ABCs uh, of what is to be successful in modern ministry where where that stands for attendance building and cash yeah so if we have attendance great attendance and a great building and great cash flow then 
were, were really knocked out of the park. Come on. It's about, we actually need to flip that on side and go to the DES and uh, go into the discipleship and evangelism and faithfulness. That's so yeah. convenient the album and that just played into his sermon wow. illustration. How does that even work? So That's fine. Awesome. So, yeah, discipleship, evangelism, uh, evangelism, and faithfulness. So if we start to evaluate ourselves by that and run on those tracks instead, mm-hmm. you know, it's we we get the we he says this we get cause and effect mixed around sometimes. Right. We think that if we have that the cause is to big big, big build a building yeah. and have people come to it. That's the and then if we do that, the effect will be people come. Right. I it's it's flipping that around that the cause if we actually build leaders and build disciples and build people like yeah. hungry for the kingdom and yeah. see yeah. God. We're gonna need a building. Thing, yeah. Then the effect will actually be buildings and gatherings and whatever. So. We need to get the cause and effect in the right order, mm-hmm. and once we do that yeah. and evaluate ourselves yeah. by DES, we'll yeah, see so, the kingdom of God. So more. many people again. It's just oh, this is the easiest blueprint to get people there, and we don't want to put in the hard work of actually building leaders. And like, it's the it's like a, sh- a lot of pain up front, but it's for a long term gain of building leaders from the bottom up and I love what Brian Easton says finding the gold from within your house not just poaching other talent not just looking at whatever Bible college down the road but actually looking at your people and one of my mentors a guy named Ranji he said he had a young life group of seven kids and he's like James I invested into them like they were going to be the next president of America one of them became an MLB player another Hmm. one became a judge one of them became Stephen Furtick's right-hand man. One of them became, like, a pretty rich lawyer. The MLB player bought him a 7 Series BMW just to say thank you because he wow. just believed in this crew and pulled the gold out of them. Yeah. Um, and s- instead of thinking to that junior hire, oh, you're just an annoying, stinky kid that needs some Old Spice, it's like, yeah. oh, 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 this guy's going to be the next whatever, Mark Zuckerberg or yeah. Yeah. LeBron James or... I don't know who's a Canadian basketball player. I don't know. Yeah. Steve Nash. Why? No, Steve Nash. No. <laughs> Man, Raptors, they're going back to Barney days. Sorry, guys. Oh, boy. The Ontario boys. Yeah. My Blazers are going to kill it this year. It's Canada's team, man. It's Canada's team. I'm, I'm a Raptor. That's my East team. That's my East team. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thank you, guys. Uh, love, to, love to ask you one, one final question. Um, two, actually, but I'll, I'll start with this one. We got all kinds of listeners out there listening to this um, today, wherever they're at, you know, at the gym, in their car, driving, whatever the case may be. But if you could say anything to a, to a young leader, um, one piece of advice, a brand new pastor, lead, could be children's, could be worship, whatever, they're starting full-time vocational ministry, mm. what would be one thing, if you could narrow it down to one thing, what would be the one most important thing? Um, Aside from, you know, the token answer of, you know, making sure that they love Jesus and uh, and, and spend time with him. You know, mm-hmm. we'd all agree that's top priority. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. <laughs> but outside so of that, you know, now you got to think a little deeper than that. Because um, that's too easy. Um, too easy to say. Not it's easy to do. Stay but, in the presence, man. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, if there's anything outside of that, if there's not, and, and that would be your thing, then that's fine too. That's but okay. yeah, what would you say to that leader? Oh man, don't do it alone. I mean, as, that's also a tokenism, cheesy answer. But if you don't have friends, guys or girls in your life that are, that you're doing it with, so many mavericks out there, man. There's yeah. so many people that are like, oh, independence, we 
culture breeds independence yeah. and individualism. Uh, that's not the way that Jesus intended. You were born yeah. into a family. You were, you were saved into a family. So find those people. Yeah. Be one of those people. Don't do it alone. And, uh, I mean, that'd be, that'd be mine for me. No, I got the good. best friends in the world. Yeah. Mm. No Lone Ranger syndrome. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll start this story. I started doing a junior high. I remember specifically being the first, second, second year in youth ministry or whatever. I started running this junior high and I had this leader, adult leader, first kind of like adult leader that I had uh, say, hey, I want to help you with junior high. I'm just running a junior high, maybe 20, 30 yeah. kids, whatever it was there. And I come in here and I was trying to do everything. Trying, yeah. to, trying to make sure that the games were prepped, trying to make sure that we yeah. had snack ready, trying to preach and then play guitar because we didn't have anybody on the worship team and whatever it was. And, um, and I was running around and, and um, this guy comes up, he's like, hey, can you just let me know what you want me to do? Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't tell you what to do. Like, you own your own business. You have, like, lots right. of employees. And, and he's like, no, no, Rick, you're the leader. Yeah. Tell me what to do. And I was like, okay, can you help me clean up the garbage? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. See, and I want to leave and, like that. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was a changing moment for me for a few, few reasons. One, I would say that God has placed you where he wants you so be the pastor God has called you to mm. be step into the authority that he has mm. for you and yeah. the people that he's placed underneath you so take yeah. it as a big responsibility the word pastor isn't something you just flippantly put around but it's actually anointed on God for your yeah. life and so step into the calling that he has for you um, so with that authority um, do that not in a, in a bad way or abusive way just do it in with a with a humble heart yeah. um, and um, and two the realizing your own stuff in your own life Mm-hmm. That, like I said, kind of alluded earlier, that you're the only, you're you have to be self aware because your own insecurities, your own failures, your own past, yeah, just as it is in marriage comes up at different times. Oh, totally, yeah. can come up in your leadership yeah. at different times, yeah. and it'll and it will it will reveal itself in in how you lead. Yep. So, get into the presence of Jesus. Get good mentors and other people with beside you. To speak into your life so that you can become all that God has for yeah. you to become because he wants to do more in your life but in order to get to that bigger place of leadership or whatever yeah. that new level or whatever it is that next step you might need to do the hard work of evaluating your own self mm-hmm. and uh, working some things out in your own life and then as you do that I think God uh, just you steward that well God will get, bring an increase in your life That's so good. I'd say one use yeah. that authority to Work it out. That can Keep be painful on. too, right? Yeah. That's not always fun, but necessary. So necessary. Well, thank you guys. This has been awesome. This has yeah. been great. It's been cool. Second question. Man. I do. I'm going to finish with it right now, man. <laughs> just calm down, Clarence. Okay, sorry. No, calm sorry. down, man. Um, no, I was just going to I was gonna finish by saying, tell us, because you guys are both ministering, and uh, and I just respect you guys so much and your leadership where, where yeah. you're at. So uh, just tell our listeners where they can find you online whether it be the gram or, or Twitter or whatever you guys are using nowadays, how can they find you if they wanted to reach out and ask you more questions? Oh, man. What's the easiest way to find you online? Online? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, just James Clarence. There it is. You heard there it here. It at James Clarence. Yeah. And uh, at Rick Ziders. I know it's a last name. It's kind of difficult to spell, spell it. Spell it. Spell it. Z-U-I-D-E-R. S-M-A. Zwidersma. Zwidersma. So. Is that the proper pronunciation? It's not like pronunciation. Yeah. 
Dutch. All Dutch. Never much. You so, ain't Dutch, you ain't much. That's right. Ooh. So at Rick Zyder's not so Love you, Dutch. Sweet. Well, thank you guys. This is awesome. And for all our listeners out there, until next month, remember your leadership really does matter. Come Peace on, yeah. on your melon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.